Hello, people of Earth and Spotify and Anchor Podcast listeners. Welcome to the March to the March thirty first, two thousand twenty two, midday movie madness show podcast edition. Prayers and virtual hugs go to all the people affected by the Russia Ukraine war. Hashtag Stand Up with Ukraine. According to HolidayInsights.com, today happens to be National Clam on the Half Shell Day, National Cran Day, and National Backup Day. It also happens to be Trans Day of Visibility 2022. Sharon Sherman's daughter, Allie, turned 16 today. She shares her birthday with Rachel Wood, Austin Garces, the young Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, a.k.a. actor Ewan McGregor, actor Christopher Walken, among many others. Netflix's drama series 13 Reasons Why, 1989's Heathers, 2017's The Boss Babies, the, 2007, the 1997 Teletubbies TV show, 1995's Tommy Boy, 2006's Ice Age, The Meltdown, 2000's Boys Don't Cry, The Road to El Dorado and High Fidelity, and 1995's Tommy Boy, along with two 1999 films I'll be talking about later on, all debuted today. A belated congratulations to Vanessa and Kevin Schutte of St. Petersburg, Florida. They became first-time parents March 22nd when their son Kaz was born. Speaking of babies, actress Scarlett Byrne just welcomed twins with Hugh Hefner's son Cooper, and it looks like Alec and Hilaria Baldwin will be back on diaper duty soon enough as she's expecting her seventh baby. So by now they should be extreme experts at changing diapers. Also, belated birthday shout-outs to Gretchen Wally-Dale, whose birthday was Monday, Jesse Marie, actor Robbie Coltrane, that's Hagrid in the Harry Potter films, and Stephen Ellen Manning, whose birthdays were yesterday. The late Debbie Reynolds and Su- singer C- Susan Boyle have birthdays tomorrow. Good Charlotte was formed on April 1st, 1996. You've played ball like a girl! The Sandlot game first came out to play baseball 29 years ago. Tomorrow. That's no joke. Other April Fool's Day entertainment debuts include... 1965's The Sound of Music, which I talked about uh, within the past year. 1994's TV show Sister, Sister. 2005's Sin City. The 2011 films Insidious, Source Code, and Hop, and Super. And the 1963 TV soap General Hospital. Speaking of baseball, WK- 90.7 WKKL wants to help 4C students win tickets to the Red Sox home opener at Fenway Park April 15th, which also happens to be Jackie Robinson Day. Students complete the CCSSE 4Cs Experience Survey to win. Access the survey on the My 4C student page, Moodle, or the 4Cs mobile app. Tickets will be given away April 1st and April 6th. The earlier you complete The survey, the more chances you have to win. Emily Eder, Alan Citron, the late Marvin Gaye, recent Best Supporting Actor nominee Jesse Plemons get to blow up birthday candles April 2nd. Gail Parks was born April 4th, while former WKKL DJs 
Felicia Awad and Brendan Loring, along with Janice Pober's birthdays, happen to be April 5th. Jeff Daphner, Pharrell Williams, the late Gregory Peck, and Sterling King Brown get to eat birthday cake April 5th, or April 6th, technically. Big news, Game of Thrones fans. Get ready to return to Westeros quite soon. The first prequel spinoff, The House of Dragon, has a release date. The Rap.com declared yesterday the Game of Thrones prequel series debuts Sunday, August 21st on HBO and will stream on HBO Max. The series is based on George R.R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood and is set 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones. It tells the story of House Targaryen. Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, the powerhouse stars of Paramount's latest rom-com, The Lost City, unearthed $31 million in North America theaters over the weekend. Taking out the Batman from where he'd been keep being quite comfortable on his box office throne, unopposed for the last three weeks. That's a huge accomplishment in a time where familiar franchises have been dominating commercial success. It also shows Netflix hasn't completely gained control of the rom-com meet-cute market. The Lost City is Paramount's third number one film of the year, following Scream and Jackass Forever. Then they may have to add a fourth film to that list next week with the return of a speedy, chili dog, loving blue hedgehog, but I'm a week ahead of myself. Down but hardly out for the count in second place was The Batman with $20.5 million in its fourth week of release. The superhero spectacular starring Robert Pattinson has managed to make about $332 million domestically so far, making it only the second film after fellow superhero smash star Spider-Man No Way Home to soar past the $300 million marker since the pandemic began. It stayed strong overseas as well a month after it opening, pulling in $340.9 million so far. The film's four-week global total now stands at about $672.9 million. In third place, we have a very surprising entry. Sarigama's Cinema's Indian War epic RRR, the three-hour-plus movie set in the 1920s and whose title me stands for Raudram Ranam Radhiram, took in a strong $9.5 million from 1,200 theaters. Its bow represents one of the widest rollouts ever for an Indian movie. RRR has not opened overseas yet. Did you know that The Lost City was filmed in the Dominican Republic? And according to the Internet Movie Database, Bullock and Tatum both had starring roles in two films, theatrical release down the States, on the same day, June 28, 2013. Tatum's was White House Down, while it was the heat for Bullock. Sunday's Oscars could be summed up in one single moment. 
Will Smith slap scene around the world, which caused turmoil and changed the vibe of the ceremony. In case you missed it, and be glad you did, here's the gist of what happened. Best documentary presenter Chris Rock made a bad joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair loss, a result of her battle with alopecia. Smith's husband, Smith got up on stage and slapped Rock, letting off two F-bombs that were censored for TV viewers, shocking the world. Yet, 40 minutes later, he was on stage again to accept his first Oscar win for Best Actor, First Role as King Richard's Richard Williams, who blasted the slap himself. Well, he did issue an, a public apology to Rock on Instagram Monday afternoon. It doesn't help the Academy is taking formal action via the events, with a possible expulsion. And he can't pull a Men in Black-like move and neutralize the entire world to forget what they saw. Youch. Smith is in a lot of hot water. The infamous slap already turned into a meme, overshadowed all of the other highlights of the night. Here are some of those highlights. Host Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wander Sykes had a zinger-filled monologue leading into Beyonce's powerful remote performance of Best Original Song nominee, Be Alive from the Compton Tennis Courts. Jessica Chastain triumphed in the Best Actress race, race, winning her very first Oscar for her performance as the titular character in the eyes of in the eyes of Tammy Faye, which also went home with a Best Makeup and Hairstyling statue. The Best Supporting Acting categories made history. Sixty years after West Side Stories, Rita Moreno won Best Supporting Actress. Her Anita Proceder, the first-time nominee, Ariana DeBose, DeBose, won the same category, becoming the first openly queer woman of color to win the award. If that wasn't enough, CNN.com reported Monday, Sunday night, in an important step for representation in Hollywood, Troy Kotsur became the first deaf man in Academy history to win an Oscar for acting. Voters honored his heartstring-tugging, supporting performance in CODA as a fisherman struggling to relate to his hearing daughter. He has dedicated his win to the deaf community, the CODA community, and the disabled community. This is our moment, he said. Until tonight, Coaster's CODA co-star, Marley Madlin, was the only deaf person to win an acting Oscar. She received her gold-plated Best Actress statuette, in 1987 for Children of a Lesser God. Seeing her in that film when he was 17 and growing up in Arizona, the son of a police officer, is what gave Coaster the confidence to pursue a career in acting he has sent in interviews. Coda also took home the two other awards it was up for, Best Adapted Screenplay and the top award of the night, Best Picture, making... Apple TV Plus and Apple Studios, the first streaming service to be home of a best picture a winner. Collider.com announced yesterday, for those of you who are kicking themselves for not catching the Academy Award sweeping film Coda while it was in theaters, fear not. After taking the Oscars by storm, collecting honors for best picture, 
Best Supporting Actor and Best Adapted Screenplay, Coda will be making a theatrical comeback. Beginning this Friday, 600 lucky venues will be screening the cinematic masterpiece where it will appear with elephant captions. Personally, I'd jump at the chance to see it in theaters myself. Megan Thee Stallion, Stephanie Beatrix, and the rest of the Encanto cast electrified the Dolby Theater stage with the very first ever live performance of the smash blockbuster earworm song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Despite losing Best Original Song to Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell's No Time to Die from the James Bond film with the same name, and Best Original Score to Dune's Hans Zimmer, the animated hit still managed to score one Oscar gift, Best Animated Feature Film. One of the most heartfelt moments came at the very end of the night with Best Picture presenters Liza Minnelli and Lady Gaga. Upworthy.com revealed yesterday, legendary actress Liza Minnelli joined Lady Gaga to announce the nominees of The Willing Film. Manelli, 76, sat in a wheelchair while Gaga stood beside her and introduced her, with Manelli relishing the welcoming cheers from the crowd. As she was introducing the category and nominees, Manelli appeared to get a little lost, and Gaga helped her out. At one point, the mic picked up Gaga leaning over and quietly telling Manelli, I got you, with Manelli responding, I know. Lady Gaga's genuine love for the elders in the showbiz community Shows in the care she shows them. Zack Snyder got a double victory in the fan-voted Oscar fan categories. His Army of the Dead Netflix film took home the Oscar fan-favorite movie, Sorry, Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, the Flash entering the Speed Force scene from Zack Snyder's Justice League took home fan-favorite cheer moment. The other winners are as follows. Best Director went home with James Campion for The Power of the Dog. Dune won the most awards of the ceremony with six. All technical awards. Best Sound, Best Original Score, Best Visual Effects, Best Production Design, Best Film Editing, and Best Cinematography. Cruella rightfully saw shade away with Best Costume Design, while Drive My Car uh, drove away with Best International Feature Film. First-time nominee Amir Questlove-Thompson took home Best Documentary Feature for Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, and Best Documentary Short Subject went to the Queen of Basketball about the late basketball icon Louisa Harris, who sadly passed January 18th. Best Original Screenplay went to Belfast Kenneth Branagh, and Best Original Best Animated Short Film went to the windshield wiper, while Best Live Action Short Film went to the long goodbye. This weekend was also the Razzies Awards. Announced via live stream Saturday morning, this year's losers, I mean uh, winners, and I use that term very, very, very loosely, include Netflix film version of Diana the Musical, which took home five awards, including Worst Picture and Worst Actress, the much-hated Space Jam follow-up, Space Jam A New Legacy, and Jared Leto, who took home Worst Supporting Actor for his performance of House of Gucci's Italian Design and Businessman, 
Paolo Gucci. Congrats to all the winners. I have breaking news, Star Wars fans. Variety.com declared a few hours ago, Star Wars fans will have to wait just a bit longer to see Ewan McGregor back in action as Obi-Wan Kenobi. The upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series is pushing back its premiere from Wednesday, May 25th to Friday, May 27th, McGregor announced in a video on Thursday. However, the first two episodes of the limited series will drop on Disney Plus that day. In a battle of galactic proportions, Obi-Wan Kenobi will now go head-to-head with Netflix's Stranger Things Season 4 which is releasing part one of its latest season that same day, May 27th. Since Marvel Studios' Loki series last year, Disney Plus has stuck with Wednesdays to launch its major TV series, like Marvel's Hawkeye and Star Wars' The Book of Boba Fett. Before that, The Mandalorian, WandaVision, and The Falcon and the Winter Soldiers released weekly episodes on Fridays. McGregor's announcement only included the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, so the remaining four episodes may stick with releasing on Wednesdays. Set between the events of the prequel trilogy and the original Star Wars trilogy, McGregor returns as the famed Jedi Master and Anakin Skywalker's former mentor before his young Padawan turned into Darth Vader. Ten years after the massacre of Order 66, Kenobi is living on Tatooine and watching over soon-to-be hero Luke Skywalker when a new adventure reunites him with Anakin, with Hayden Christensen returning to the role. Major news broke from Fox News yesterday. On Wednesday, Bruce Willis's family revealed that he is stepping away from his acting career as he battles his health diagnosis. The 67-year-old actor has been diagnosed with aphasia, a condition that affects the ability to communicate. Bruce's amazing supporters as a family, we wanted to share that our beloved Bruce has been experiencing some health issues and has recently been diagnosed with aphasia, which is impacting his cognitive abilities. As a result of this, and with much consideration, Bruce is stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him. The family statement read, It continued, This is a really challenging time for our family, and we are so appreciative of your continued love, compassion, and support. We are moving through this as a strong family unit and want to bring his fans in because we know how much he means to you, as you do to him. His final film will be the action thriller Paradise City, which is yet to get a release date. The line between villain and hero will be blurred. With a superhero horror film, Morbius, out in theaters, April 1st, 2022. Starring the talents of Jared Leto, Matt Smith, Tyrese Gibson, and Adria Arjona, and Jared Harris. Dangerously ill with a rare blood disorder and determined to save others from his same fate. Biochemist Dr. Morbius attempts a desperate risk for potential, but dangerous, cure. The cure seems to be a trailblazing success at first, but it soon reveals itself to be a remedy worse than the disease, as he starts to become a living vampire. 
gaining superhuman abilities, but none of the weaknesses associated with vampires. Will his vampire hat overtake his humanity? This happens to be Jared Leto's second comic book role after playing the Joker in 2016's Suicide Squad. This is the second SSMU film to tie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe after last year's Venom Let There Be Carnage. Speaking of horror, get excited, Stephen King fans. Pennywise, the evil, shape-shifting clown, is back. Sort of. Variety.com reported late last night a prequel to it is in development at HBO Max. Variety has learned from sources. The series, currently called Welcome to Dairy, will begin in the 1960s in the time leading up to the events of It Part 1, the 2017 film based on the Stephen King horror novel. The story is also said to include the origin of Pennywise the Clown. Andy Muschietti, who directed It Part 1 and 2019's It Part 2, is attached to executive produce the series, along with Barbara Muschietti and Jason Fuchs. Should the project go forward, it would be the latest example of HBO Max building a series component into an existing WB film franchise. Colin Farrell is set to reprise the role of the Penguin from the Batman in a limited series for the streamer, although a planned series about the Gotham PD and Arkham Asylum has stalled in development. There's also a series in the works about the Ben Gesserit from Dune in the works of the streamer, among several other film-based projects. Speaking of horror, the sixth screen film, which films, which shoots this summer, opens in one year from today. And speaking of Scream, in five days, January soft relaunch sequel, uh, requel if you must, slashes its way to DVD. Simply called Scream, the horror film, which made 140 million victims worldwide, stars Nev Campbell, Marley Shelton, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, Dylan Lynette, James Vanderbilt, and Jack Quaid. 25 years after a string of gruesome murders shocked the town of Woodsboro, a new killer has donned the ghost face mask. This unknown killer begins targeting a group of teenagers to bring up long buried secrets from the town's past. Original ghost face survivor Sidney Prescott, who thought she left that part of her past well behind, must return with other survivors, Gail Weathers and Dewey, Dewey Riley, to uncover the truth. Sadly, it's the only film not to be directed by original director Wes Craven, as he passed in 2015. Moving away from horror, Morbius isn't the only comic book character headed to the screens this week. Now streaming on Disney Plus is the debut episode of the Marvel miniseries Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac, May Kalamaway, and Ethan Hawke. In the series, mild-mannered gift shop employee Stephen Grant becomes haunted by memories of another life and blackouts. He discovers he has disassociative identity disorder and thus shares a body with tough mercenary Mark Spector. As Stephen Mark's enemies converge upon them, 
They must navigate their complicated identities while being drawn into a deadly mystery involving powerful Egyptian gods. On the topic of comic book adaptations, Sharon Stone will play the villain Victoria Cord in DC's forthcoming Blue Beetle film, its first superhero movie with a Latino character. Cord is an original character created for the film, which will arrive in theaters August 18, 2023. In theaters April 1st is the action film The Contractor, starring the talents of Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Tariq Saleh, and Jillian Jacobs, Nina Haas, and Amir Kayser. In voluntary discharge from the Army, Special Forces agent James Harper risked everything for his family when he lands a contract with a private underground military force. When his first mission goes haywire, the soldier finds himself hunted and on the run. He discovers he's in a dangerous conspiracy web and fights to stay alive long enough to uncover the true motives of those who betrayed him. Coming to the to Disney Plus April 1st is the musical comedy family film Better Nate Than Never, starring Rube Wood, Lisa Kudrow, Joshua Bassett, and Norbert Leo Butts. Based on writer-director Tim Fairley's 2013 novel the same name, it follows unpossible, unpopular Pittsburgh middle schooler Nate Foster, whose goal is to be a Broadway music star one day. After he's done being constantly overlooked and never cast in the lead roles, he, he, never, he and his best friend Libby sneak away to pursue their life's dreams in the Big Apple. A random encounter with his distant aunt Heidi turns their adventure upside down. Coming to Netflix April 1st is Judd Apatow's meta-comedy The Bubble, starring, among others, Karen Gilligan, Keegan-Michael Key, Leslie Mann, Kate McKinnon, Pedro Pascal, Idris Apatow, David Delcoveny, and Fred Armisen. In the film, a group of actors and actresses are trapped inside a pandemic bubble in a hotel in England as... They attempt to film the sixth entry of a successful dinosaur-themed blockbuster series. Speaking of Netflix, get ready for a Spy Kids film to blast off from the streamer in the future. The HollywoodReporter.com announced yesterday the streaming giant is partnering with Robert Rodriguez, the filmmaker who created the family action comedy movie series, to relaunch and reimagine the property for a new generation. Rodriguez will write, direct, and produce the new feature project for the streaming service, Netflix announced Wednesday, with news coming 21 years to the date after the first Spy Kids hit theaters back in 2001. The original Spy Kids featured Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugino as two spies who are kidnapped, and their two children, played by Alexa Penvega and Daryl Sabara, who must rescue them while also dealing with family secrets. Plot details of the new Spy Kids are being kept submerged, but the intent is to introduce a new family of spies. The Spy Kids series has grossed more than $550 million globally and also includes Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams, 2002, 
Spy Kids 3D, Game Over, 2003, and Spy Kids All the Time in the World, 2011. Oh, and TheRap.com announced yesterday that Daniel Kaluuya, the star of Judas and the Black Messiah and Get Out, will make his streaming debut on a dystopian London 2024 set film called The Kitchen for the Streamer. Now, two films that I've done in the past have anniversaries today. Keanu Reeves' enormous sci-fi action blockbuster, The Matrix, also starring Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, and Hugo Weaving, changed Hollywood and his career forever, 23 years ago to this very day. The, the, two, the $460 million plus worldwide grocer which introduced the world to the popular bullet time visual effect, centered on computer hacker Neo, who learns the shocking truth. The world he knows is an elaborate deception of an evil, cyber-intelligent alien race harvesting human energy for themselves. It took home the Best Visual Effects Oscar and three other technical Oscars, in addition to its two 2003 sequels, The Matrix Revolutions and The Matrix Reloaded, and December's not-very-well-received sequel, The Matrix Resurrections, it spawned books, animated short films, comics, games, and more. Now, if you excuse the bad old English talk, thy late Heat Ledger would have been 43 on April 4th, next Monday. As such, thou hast been requested by Cassie Laughlin to talketh about his first American film today. He doth thought in Jill Younger's modern take of Shakespeare's Taming of Thy Shrew, also starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Allison Janney, Julia Stiles, and Larry Miller. Tis Ten Things I Hate About You. Thy romantic comedy which was a $53 million earner centered on new student Cameron, who falls hard for Bianca, who's very popular. But she can't state until a guy dates her older sister, Cat, who's ill-tempered, scares guys. But thou art one guy who doth not afraid of her. According to the Internet Movie Database, Heath Ledger actually improvised the moment where Patrick starts playing with the fire. And he beat out Ashton Kutcher and Josh Hartnett for the role. Did you know that the table dance scene is actually what led Julia Stiles to being cast in the lead role in 2001's Save the Last Dance? And to end the show on a happy note... Now on DVD is the computer-animated musical Sing 2, starring Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon, Scarlett Johansson, Targon Egerton, Bono, Tori Kelly, Nick Kroll, Bobby Cannavale, Halsey, Pharrell Williams, Spike Jones, Letitia Wright, Eric Andre, and Nick Offerman. The 380... 380- 7 million worldwide grocer, 2021's highest an- grossing animated film, is set after the events of the previous film. Koala 
Koala Buster Moon and his group put, are putting on a big show in Red Shore City while working to impress an, impre- an entertainment mogul and to enlist a reclusive rock star to come out of his self-imposed retirement to perform. That's all for this week, folks. Join me next week, same bad time and same bad place, as Sonic, his old foe Dr. Robotnik, returned to theaters with some new allies, Death on the Nile comes to DVD ports, and much more. And be sure to tune in tomorrow for a very hilarious look back at some very funny comedies for flashback fun. Until then, my minions, stay safe and watch lots of movies and DVDs. See you at the movies. Bye.